Welcome to the Holy City Church Podcast Station. This is Pastor Angel. If you missed Sunday's sermon or want to listen to it again, you're in the right place. We're glad that you can take the time to catch up as we go through God's Word together. So I hope you're ready. But if you're not, grab your Bible. Let's get ready for what God has in store for us today. We're looking at the letter that Paul wrote to Philippi, and we started that last week. We're going to continue. We saw that Paul was confident and joyful in, in, the, in the work that God was doing with the church of Philippi. He was, he was so joyful and blessed and, and so grateful, and, and he was, he, we saw a little bit of that pastor's heart in Paul where we saw how he looked at the church, and the church was working together for the same purpose, for the same goal, and they all had the same set of mind, which is the gospel, which is to teach and spread the gospel. And he was so joyful about that. And we saw how, how he knew that God was doing work in them. And whatever work that God starts, he finished. So that brought joy to Paul because he saw with his own eyes the things that God was doing with that church. Paul can be seen... Uh, as, as, as being one of those who, who, who has been struggling through a lot. And, and, and you know what it is to see, you know, this in your church. Is, it's, it's very disappointing sometimes when we're, we're, we see the, the things that are happening within the church and, and we see how, how the leaders struggle. But the church, in a world full of disappointment, I don't know about you, but, but it's relief to see how, you know, God is the one that works in us. And it's not us in us. We're, our salvation is not dependent on men. Our salvation is depending on God and the work that God is doing in us. And, and that is a very big relief for me, at least. And as we continue with the letter, we, we look at verses 12 through 18, which we're not really, we're going to kind of skip today. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to skip it uh, because we've had this conversation a, a few times. So I want to, you know, maybe towards the end, we can come back to it and talk about it again. Uh, but we see that. Paul has joy and confidence in that whatever was happening to him at that moment in time was all for to glorify God. Everything that was happening within the churches, everything that was happening with him, it was all to glorify God. And he found joy in that. Those who would see what God was doing in him, he was being used as an example and people would see preaching. You know, when, when things get hard, there's nothing more discouraging than to see your leader kind of crumble in the middle of everything. I remember I always tell my wife, right, I always used, uh, we used to watch The Walking Dead when it was good. Now it's, we don't watch it because it's not that good. But, and I used to always say, hey, you know, there's a reason why everybody follows Rick, right? Everybody wants him to be the leader because he's probably scared of at his mind, but yet in the middle of all that chaos and all those zombies, he continues to, to lead and continues to go forward. And people see that. People see that hope in him. So therefore they have hope and they continue. This is the same thing. The church is looking at Paul who is in prison. Who is going through all this. Yet still continue that fight. So they look at that and be like. Okay I can have hope in what's happening here. That's why so many leave the church. And so many leave the faith. They look at their leaders. And they crumble. They leave their faith. So what do they say? If they can't make it, what chances do I have of making it? So I'm, 
You know, they leave the faith. So if they left the faith, what is there for me here? I'm going to leave the faith as well. Paul was encouraging them to preach the gospel, even if it was in good intention or bad intentions. They still went out and preached the gospel. This is why the reason why Paul was in prison to begin with, right? He was encouraging those to preach the gospel, and government didn't like that. That's why he was in there to begin with. He would continue to preach the gospel, even though he was told not to preach the gospel. And because he continued to preach the gospel, everybody else wanted to preach the gospel because they were encouraged about the fact that this guy is not scared. He's not scared, so therefore, they don't want to be scared either. They're, they're like, why, why should I be scared? So they continue to do that. And of course, what happens, that, that starts to stir up government and, and people and, and all those who, who, who are leading and, and of course... Uh, people don't like that. When you start to mess things up for them, they, they, they don't like it. So what do they do? They make it hard for you. But because of that, now Paul has to face the grim reality that we are going to have to face one day and we're facing right now. And if Jesus doesn't come back first, we live that every single time we breathe. We can either continue Right? God willing, he wants us to continue. Or is God's will for you to now, you know, pass away and die. And that's a reality that we all have to deal with. And it can be pretty scary to think that, you know, we or, or, or somebody that we love is facing that right now. Where, where they can possibly right now just die or, or something good can come out and all of a sudden they, they're going to continue to live. Right? And it's... And it's scary to deal with that even for for yourself right facing that moment where you can say well i think this is it for me this is where my life ends i've thought about this a lot in the past this is one of my biggest most difficult thing to deal with right and for me this is the scariest thing is is to deal with this and to think about this and I've had many conversations with many people, and I know I'm not the only one who, who has this, who, who goes through this. The certainty that we have is to tackle it straight on. We just don't put it on the side. We, we tackle it. We talk about it. We see what the Bible and the Word of God has to say about it. And Paul is a great example. How we can find joy and confidence even in the middle of us facing life or death situations. It's a great example how, how we, can, we can at any point, you know, be ready to go or be ready to move on, be either alive or dead, and, and we can still kind of face that uncertainty with hope, with joy, with encouragement. So we're going to look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 19 to 24. And as we start, we read in verse 19 where it says, For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. See, Paul knew that things were looking pretty dark and grim for him. He knew things were not looking positive. Remember, Paul is facing Caesar. He knows that there's a possibility that he would be losing, put to death, if Caesar decides that it was time for him to go. 
You know, Caesar was that type of person that that uses his power to make sure that whatever they had established that was working for them will stay like that. They were, you know, Caesar and government. Government tends to do that, right? When, when things are going your way and, and you know, you're, you're getting your way done and, and your ideas and your policies are all getting accomplished and things are looking the way you want to. And then when all of a sudden you see something's going about to interrupt that, all of a sudden you go into that mode where you're like, I got to do what I can to make sure that my ideas and, and my comfort and my policies and my views are all stay intact. They don't want to get that disrupt. And Paul was a threat to what they had built. The gospel is always a threat to what government builds. Why? Because the gospel points us to Christ as being the one and only when government wants us to go to them as the one God. And that's the case then we don't obey government, right? I mean, that's a threat to the government. That was a threat to Caesar. Because that was a threat to Caesar, that meant Paul could at any point fall into the hands of the wrath of Caesar. His life was on the line. And we can all agree this is terrible, right? This, is, this, this sucks. Right? We don't, we don't look at this and be like, wow, that's so amazing. Uh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm so glad that his life is on the line because of preaching the gospel. But the great thing about this is this, this wasn't even uh, putting Paul in a situation where, where he felt discouraged and he, and he felt bothered by it. Even with who's backing him up, right? You see this verse, it says, For I know that through your prayers. See, Paul had the church of Philippi praying for him. They had his back. They were praying constantly for everything that he was going through. And then he says, And the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So Paul had the Holy Spirit backing him up as well. So he was confident no matter what happened. Those who needed to be there were there. They were there by his side and there was nothing that was going to stop the will of God. So he knew he was going to find deliverance. Then Paul, when continued to read verse 20, Paul writes, As in my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or death. That Paul's in, right? If we were being in this situation, it's harder to be to find encouragement and be encouraged. And and in a normal, you know, view, right? When we look at it from this side, we would think, okay, this is this is a man that needs encouragement, right? This is if we were living or known somebody like Paul right now who's struggling or with something like this. this is, we got to pray for this man. We got to pray. Hey, guys, we're going to send a text message. And we're going to pray for, for this man because why? Because he needs encouragement. He's, he's dealing with something very difficult right now. He needs encouragement. He needs the church to back him up. So let's pray. For here's Paul in jail, 
waiting to be sentenced, and he's the one encouraging others. People are finding encouragement in him rather than reaching out to him saying, hey, I, I want to encourage you. They're, they're looking at him saying, we, 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 we find encouragement in what you're doing, Paul. And he believed that God would not be the cause of him to be ashamed. He knew that God wasn't going to abandon him. Paul knew that this wasn't punishment. He knew that, oh, God's not punished me. That's not what he was thinking. He knew that wasn't punishment. He knew that everything that was happening is because he was in the center of God's work. He was in prison, but he knew that he would be the one looking down victorious on all those people who purposely try to put people down, kill them because of the gospel. See, he knew that Christ was going to be glorified, whether he was alive or whether he was dead. Be in those situations where we feel like God has abandoned us. I mean, we look around and we see people doing good, right? We see people healing, right? We 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 see miracles, right? Well, or at least we we think we see miracles, right? We see things happening around us, but yet here we are struggling. Here we are dying, and we don't see anything happening. We don't we don't see anything. We don't see any miracles. We don't. We don't see God working and all of a sudden we, we feel abandoned. And, and Paul is one of those guys that you would say, okay, if anyone deserves to receive a miracle, it was Paul. I mean, come on. He left everything. We, we talk about Paul more than anyone else, other than Jesus, of course. He deserved some kind of miracle at this point. But it looks like he wasn't going to get a miracle. And not getting that, what you think you need, is, you know, it can be very discouraging. Paying attention to God's not paying attention because, look, I'm still struggling while other people are not. But you see, Paul wasn't feeling empty or disappointed. Look at verse 21. All the way to 23. Verse 4. To me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh. That means fruitful labor for me. Yet which should I choose. I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart. And be with Christ. And for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh. Is more necessary on your account. See, what Paul had, he, he didn't have a disappointment. What Paul had was a dilemma. Should I stay or should I go? Right? And we know that this is not up to him whether he should stay or go. But that's what he was feeling is, you know, which one should I desire the most? Which one should I want more to happen right now? Should, should I want more to stay or should I want more to go? He doesn't know which one to choose. He says he's hard pressed, which is like stays, 
He can continue to do the work, which is plentiful. We know there's a lot of work. Paul is very well aware there's tons of work to be done. So he said, if I stay, I can be part of that work. I can continue to do that work that needs to be done. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. And he wants to be part of this work that needs to be done. He finds joy in that work that needs to be done. See, Paul was confident that God intended him to be fruitful. He understood that as he was alive, his calling was to be fruitful. There was no doubt in Paul's mind that God wasn't using him. So as long as God would keep Paul alive, Paul was going to be used by God, and Paul was perfectly fine with that. He was like, God, if you're going to keep me alive, and you're going to put me to work, I am fine with that. Let's do that. Well, that's a good thing as well. Because he's going to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. See, for Paul, it wasn't about, you know, gates of pearl and streets of gold. and Right? It wasn't about that. It was about the fact that he was going to be in the presence of God. Jesus was going to be right in front of him. Paul himself was the one that said to be absent from the body is to be with the Lord. He was going to be right in front of Jesus. There's going to be no more sin to deal with, no more temptation. See, going to heaven meant that he was with Christ. I mean, what a dilemma, right? That's a, what a dilemma that is. Do I stay? Do I want to stay or do I want to go? That's a good dilemma, I think, in my opinion. I think that's a pretty good dilemma. Because Paul is saying whether he lives or he's dead is a win-win situation for him. Whether I live or whether I die, it's all good. It's all good win. It's all victory. You know, it's much better to be with Christ, which because it is, it's it's better to be with Christ. Don't get me wrong. You know, he 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 knows that it is better to be with Christ. But he also knows there's a purpose for his life. And he knows he's an instrument that God's being used, that God is using for the kingdom. Both of these things are good, whether you want to be here and work for God, for his kingdom. Or that you want to be with. He's okay. If God caused me to stay. And live through this. Good. But if he caused me to go home. Good. And I want to kind of look at this dilemma a little bit more. But I want to. I want to go a little bit more personal now. If I were to ask you right now. Which one would you like? Would you. Prefer to stay? You want to stay here? Or do you want to go to the Lord? Do you want to go be with the Lord? What would be your response? 
You know, the majority of the people in the world is going to nest it's going to easily answer, oh, wait a second, I want to stay here. I'm ready to stay here as long as, as, as I can. Because we all want to live forever. Right? That's what we all want to do. We all want to live forever. I don't think I've ever met a person that wouldn't rather live forever. I mean, I know. Eat healthy, right? Take our vitamins, right? Do whatever we got to do. Find peace. Find no stress. Find, do whatever we can. So we can be healthy and expand our life. The more, the better, right? Whatever we can do to make our bodies last the longest, that's what we're going to do. That's why you also see a lot of movies who, who, who are built on like superhero types of stuff where superheroes live like four, five, six, seven thousands of years, right? Eternity, God knows how long they want to live. And we build movies on like with time machines because you know we we want to be alive as long as we can. If somebody dies, let's go turn time back time and let's bring him back, right? We have this internal desire to to live forever, and we're created with that desire to live forever. It's not a bad thing to want to live forever. But we do have this, we run from talking about it. We don't want to talk about death. No one does. And I'm pretty sure some of you are uncomfortable right now because I'm talking about it. That's because society hides the fact that, you know, there's something called death. And it's going to happen to most of us if Jesus doesn't come first, of course. Or all of us if he doesn't come anytime soon, right? Our generation will pass. You know, and the only time we bring it up is if we're at a funeral. Okay, now it's time to think about it. That's why the funerals are good because we, that's where we think about the reality of life where we all going to head. Or maybe a pandemic hits, right? Now it's time to think about people dying because we're all dying. A lot of people are dying. But before that, let's not talk about it. And then there's the, the minority few who, who just really want to go ahead to get out of here. But in reality, we shouldn't be so easily ready to make this kind of response when we're asked that question. We shouldn't be like, yeah, I, I got the answer already. No, that, it, it shouldn't be that quick. We should have the same problem, the same dilemma. We should, we should kind of feel like Paul feels. It's like, you know, I, I have a desire to be with God, to be with Jesus face to face, but I don't know. You know, I'm not exactly sure what I want to do right now if it was up to me. And here's why. First, because there's a purpose for your life. Many Christians have not yet come to that place where, where it's certainly that they will be, that they were going to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. Spend their whole life looking for their calling. You know, they wait for prophets to come to church and be like, oh, God said that you're going to do this. I used to love going to church when those prophets would come to church. I'd be like, see what God has for me today. 
I want to know my future. Kids in the worship team, right? And man, I had the desire. Um, one day I want to record a CD with the worship team. And this prophet came and, and he was like, oh, so, so what, do you, what do you have a desire for? And he goes, oh, man, I really want to record a CD. And he goes, yeah, that's what God is telling you to do. Go do that. And I was like, really? He is? Oh, it wasn't because I said it, all right? It was because God told me. So we have this, we want to wait for people and God to give us a special sign and say, this is your calling. This is, this is what your calling is. We're looking for signs and special revelations. But we ignore that's right in, that our calling is right in front of us. We're tasked with the work of spreading the gospel. And while we're alive, there's a purpose for us. There's a lot fruitful labor for us. There's souls to be won. There's seeds that we need to plant. There's harvest that we need to gather. And you have been called for this good work. But we will never be earthly good if we're not heavenly minded. See, just like Paul was driven to serve God, we also be, must be driven to serve God. But we need to be in the spirit. Because as long as we're in the spirit, everything that we do is not going to be in vain. That's because it's good works that we're going to do is going to be led by the Holy Spirit. It's not going to be led by us. When the Holy Spirit is the one leading you to do this work, it's going to be good work. It's going to be good work because that's what God wants it to be. That's when we will pray and we seek for things that God wants us to seek and pray for. To do in this world. You know what? It is easy to do what everybody's okay with. It's easy to, to go out and, and do things against, you know, child abduction or, or child molestation. It's good. It's good. But it's easy to do that. Why? Because everybody's okay with that. You can even ask anyone. You can ask anyone. And even those child molesters and the child abductors will tell you, no, yeah, you guys should do something about it. Of course, because they're not going to admit that, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Here's one of them. So they're going to agree with you. So it's easy to agree when we're talking about, hey, we should stop this. Yeah, we should stop it. And everybody's going to agree with you. But it's different when the work that you have been called to do is, is to point others to their sinful nature and then point them to who is their Savior. Now that's Paul is. That's what Paul was doing. But that's what we've been tasked to do. We, we are to be the light of the world that's full of darkness. And we should be doing that till the day that we see Christ. I always tell people, you know, for Christians, there's no such thing as retirement. You can retire from your job. Okay, that's fine. But your work is not done. There is no, you know, okay, and now I'm 65. I no longer have to preach the gospel or make disciples. Uh -uh -uh. That's probably when we need you the most. 
You're 65, you got all this wisdom? <laughs> Where are you going? Come back over here. I've seen pastors to the last day were preaching the gospel, to that last minute that they were alive preaching the gospel. And Paul worked till the last day that he was alive, to the last minute he worked. Things will come from this. One, we will be we will be a benefit for others, just like Paul said. He knew that if he was alive, he was going to be a benefit to them. The same way God's going to use us as the means to bring those to Christ. We are the means of those to come to salvation. That's us. He's going to use us. He doesn't have to, but he's going to. We're going to be the means that God will use to comfort those who are hurting and lost. And second, God will be glorified. See, leaving behind an example of, of what God is expecting will help many generations. Look at Paul. How many generations have we been seeing an example of Paul? Because of what he did. And we con God continues to be glorified thousands of years after Paul died. At the same time, do not fear death. If it's time to go, it's time to go. You know, Paul thought that he would make it out of this one. But he was joyful if he didn't. I think I'm going to make it out, but if I don't, that's fine. And death is one of those least talked about conversations in the church and outside the church. Like I said, everyone avoids this conversation as much as possible. Because it can be very scary. For one, it is very mysterious. Death is so mysterious that we have no idea how that works. And there's no one alive that can tell you. Because they're all dead. And even the only person that came back from the dead, Lazarus, still didn't tell us anything. We don't know. It's very mysterious. One of the most those who, who don't come to Christ because they know deep down inside where they're going. So of course, what they want to do, avoid that conversation because they know what's going to happen. So they don't want to even talk about it. And it should be scary for them. It should be very scary for them to talk about death when they don't know Christ. For those who are in Christ, death is a good thing. And even if we don't know how it feels or, or what the process is that we go through after we breathe our last breath, we trust in God that, that it's going to be good. So why is death a good thing for those who are in Christ? 2 Corinthians 5.8 Yes, we are good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Death is good for those who are in Christ because those who are believers in Christ, death means you're going to be in front of Jesus. I don't know if this is sinking into your mind right now. You're going to be in fellowship with Jesus. You're going to walk and you're going to talk with Jesus. 
You're going to worship in front of Jesus. We're going to be with Christ in a closer and better way than ever before. Nothing like you've ever imagined. And I'm not saying Paul is telling you, hey, take your life. No, while you're here, you got work to do. But it's about living a life with a desire to see Jesus face to face. We must have that longing desire to be in the presence of God. We must not be attached to this world where, where we don't want to see. And we can only come to this desire if we spend time with God. And the more time we spend with God, the more we have the desire to be with God. We must be in prayer. We must be in His Word. We must be worshiping God. And the more we do it, the more we're going to be closer to God. And the more we're going to understand and the more we're going to want to be in front of Jesus. I think at some point in our walk, we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to be an example like Paul? And I know we tend to be attached to this world because that's all we really know, right? We don't know any other world. I don't know of anyone who has seen the visions that the prophets have seen, where, where they've seen themselves in the presence of God. So all we know is this. This is all we know. We don't know anything else other than this. So it's easy to be attached to this. And to some extent, it's not bad to, to want to be here. But we need to understand that it's better to be in heaven. At the same time, not forgetting that while we are here, there is work to be done. Again, we cannot be so attached to this world. We must have a desire to be with Christ, but always willing to stay and continue the work that God has called you to do. Wanting to be with God. I kind of really like this place here. So I, I, I ask of you to go seek more God. And if you don't prefer either one, good. I, no, actually, no, that's not good. You should prefer either one because you should prefer both. But if you have a desire for nothing to do with God, then I ask that you seek God. That you come to God because he's the only way that we're going to feel enough where we're going to find joy in whether God's calling us to stay here or God's calling us to go home. It's the only way that we're going to have the desire is that we are close to God and that we're in Christ. There's no other way we're going to have this desire. When we're not, all we want to do is stay here. And when we are in that situation where there is good, where there's Bad, whether it's life, whether it's dead, whatever situation, both of those is going to be victory. So church, pray with me. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for, for allowing us to listen to it, Father. We just ask that you convict us and you help us. And, and Father, that we may find joy in who you are and what you're doing. And, and Father, we just, we just pray for that desire to live a life where, where we do the things that you called us to do. And and Father, at the same time that we still have that desire to be with you, in front of you, 
Uh, this world may not take that from us. Father, that we may continue to live through you and, and for you, Father. Lord, if you haven't yet changed who we are, Father, I ask that at this moment, Father, you change us. Change our hearts. Change our desires, Lord. Make us more like you, Father. Lord, I pray that as we go out into the world, Lord, continue to use us as the means to bring those. I thank you for everything you've done. In your name we pray. Hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, would like to connect or listen to our library sermons, jump right over to our website at www.holycitychurch.us. Again, we want to thank you for listening. And remember, this podcast is not intended to replace your time at the church. So we hope you have a blessed week and talk to you again next week on Catch Up with Holy City Church. Holy City Church.